Well, this morning, uh, my text is the generosity that comes from your faith. <laughs> so you may think, well, I should have waited to take up the offering later. <laughs> so, but that's not, uh, kind of, that's not where I'm headed with this, with this particular topic. Generosity that comes from our faith in the scriptures, Philemon, chapter 1, verse 6, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So whenever we are looking at our faith and we're looking at this generosity, we're looking at it from what, you're under, what you've understood and what you've experienced. See, and our, our faith is more than uh, just, you know, wishful thinking. Our faith is based upon experiences and understanding. Now, again, difficult things, there are difficult things that happen that we will never understand. But they are experiences which we have that God has let us know that he is with us. So even though we don't understand them, we do have this, uh, we have the experience of our faith that we know that God has never left us and that he has not abandoned us. So whenever we are looking at this generosity, generosity is the quality of being kind, understanding, and not selfish. The quality of being generous. I always like when you look up something that says it's, you look up generosity and it says the quality of being generous. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So gener being generous is freely giving or sharing money and other valuable things. So it does include money. But providing more than the amount that is needed or normal, abundant or ample, a generous supply, and showing kindness and concerns for others. They have a generous heart or a generous spirit. So whenever we're thinking of generosity, the, we're praying that you will put into action the generosity. Okay? So when we're looking at our own life, how generous are we? You know, I remember the one guy, he would, you know, he always made the fun of, his friend would open up his wallet and he'd go, look out, there's moths, balls, the, the moths are flying out of there, you know, and blowing out all the dust. <laughs> They're so, you know, he never opens his wallet, you know. Uh, they have that commercial on uh, TV, the alligator arms, you know, the guy who never picks up the bill, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> He has the alligator arms. He never picks up the bill. So being, you know, that he's not a generous person, you know, he's kind of a freeloader, eats everything and doesn't pay for anything. So being generous is not what uh, those things are depicting. Being generous is freely giving or sharing, providing more than the amount that is needed, uh, showing kindness and concern. So being generous in your smile being generous in your love, being generous in your forgiveness, being generous when you don't understand and you just kind of let it go, being generous with uh, your attitude. Now, uh, we <laughs> studied this morning, and it kind of goes along with this, uh, about the idea of condemnation, that there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemning nature. So whenever we are generous, it's not because we feel guilty. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I feel bad if I don't give enough. I feel bad if I don't give anything. I feel bad if, you know, this, and I feel bad for that. So therefore, that becomes almost like a prompting that we have to do something because we feel bad. Well, feeling bad should not be a prompting. Feeling good should be the prompting to do good. <laughs> feeling bad to do good to only um, keep the bad feelings at a minimum is not what the, this spirit of generosity is about. And when, when this, in the scripture uh, that we spoke of this morning, that uh, the, the illustration that I'd never heard before um, was the idea that in some of the eastern countries at that time, uh, at the you know, turn of the century, that when somebody would kill someone, they would take the body of the person who was killed and put it on the back of the guy who was guilty and strap that body to him until the decaying body on his back killed him. <laughs> so, the, the illustration that goes with that is, there is now therefore no condemnation. There's no condemning spirit. There's no condemning spirit on your back. When Christ has forgiven us, there is no guilt there because our guilt is gone. The, the, the sin is forgiven. The, the, the thing that has gone wrong in our life, we've gotten forgiveness from it. So we don't need to, you know, get that monkey off my back. <laughs> you know, get that bum off my back. Get that freeloader off of my back. You know, the, the um, illustration of the story of uh, the guy who's carrying a trunk down the road and the, the other person comes alongside of him. He has a horse and buggy and a, and a horse and wagon, and the wagon's empty. And he says, come on, you know, put your trunk in my wagon, and we'll, I'll take you down the road. And finally, after much going back and forth, the guy gets in the back of his wagon, with, you know, with his trunk. And so the guy's going down the road, pulling the wagon. And he, turn, and he, says, he wonders where the guy is. He doesn't come up and sit there. And he turns around, and in the wagon, the guy is holding his trunk. And they're going down the road, and, and the guy says, what are you doing? He says, well, it's kind enough for you to give me a ride. I just couldn't let you carry the burden of my trunk. Okay, do you, do you, do you see the image? Well, that's what it's like whenever we carry condemnation and Christ has forgiven us. That are, you know, the, the weight of the sin, the weight of the condemnation, the things that have brought about all, is gone. So we don't have a condemning spirit. We're not guilted into doing things. Guilt is a manipulator. The Spirit of God is a leader. And the Spirit of God is leading us forward to our future. And everything that we need, everything that God wants us to have, we either have it or it's in front of us. It's never behind us. So looking back at all the things that are wrong and feeling guilty and not good enough, you know, every time you go to pick up something really good, the, sometimes the first thought is, I shouldn't pick that up, I'm not that good. That's that dead body on the back of your, your back you're carrying around. You need to let him go. You forgive and let it go. Christ has forgiven, let the sin go. He has left it go, why don't we? So we see in this whole idea that I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes with, from your faith. God is a generous God. He wants to bless us. 
you know, even if God never gives us or does anything but forgives us of our sin and never remembers it against us, that's enough of a blessing. But that's not what he's done. He's not only done that, he's done more. He's given us what we need for our everyday life, and our everyday life that we encounter is more there for, our, for us to pick up. It's like manna, you know? Manna from, and with the children of Israel, they went into the desert, they had nothing to eat, but they got up every morning and there was manna on the ground. And you know what manna means, don't you? What is it? <laughs> That's what manna means. Manna is what is it? They didn't know what it was. It just was there every morning. And on Sunday, there, the Sabbath day, there was no Saturday, the Sabbath. There was no manna. It didn't show up. So we see how that God is providing for us every day that we are awake <laughs> If we don't wake up, we don't need it. So every day we wake up, God is there and he is providing us with his blessing, his spirit. And, you know, you may say, well, what is it? What is it God's doing? Well, as we think about God's goodness, we're being thankful to him. We can pick it up and we can see what it is. Now, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 30. To you who are ready for the truth, I say this. Now, what are we looking for? We're looking for that I am praying that you will take, put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience the good things we have in Christ. For, I, I put this together and I, I was thinking of it in this context. To you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. You see, what he's doing here, putting together, understanding, experience all the good things that we have in Christ. What are the good things we have in Christ? Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with, with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's he telling me here? What's he telling me here, you know? Uh, uh, this, these are the things that from your faith, your understanding and experience that all good things that we have are in Christ. You see, we are preparing ourselves for the good by not trying to destroy someone else. Um, if, someone, if someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat, live generously generously well there's that word again <laughs> live generously freely giving or sharing um, valuable things providing more than the amount that is needed or normal showing kindness and concern for others now i've i've used this example um, this other story a parable uh, and it's Matthew chapter 25. I don't know if I gave that to you, Jose, or not. <laughs> I, it was kind of at the end of all the things I was doing, and I moved it to the front. But anyhow, Matthew 25 is the parable of the three servants. Now, the three servants, the master's going away, okay? And this is Matthew 25, verse 14. And the servant is going, the, master, the, the master's going away, and he has three servants, to one servant, he gives five bags of gold or silver. To the second, he gives two bags of silver or gold, whichever one. And to the third, he gives one bag. All right. Now, we know the story, how that um, the guy who had five bags, what did he do? He went out and used it, 
come back with five more. So he had 10 bags uh, of silver. The guy who had two bags, he went out and he used it. He came back with four bags. But the guy who had one bag, what did he do? He buried it now. And what does he say of his master? Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know you are, you are a harsh man. I know that you harvest crops where you didn't plant and gather crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Now, the <laughs> little paragraph I read on this changed my entire thought on this, that, that, that person. The man with one bag felt cheated, thinking his master was unfair. While one of the servants was given ten bags and another five, he had received just one, and as far as he was concerned, it wasn't worth using. What could he accomplish with such a small amount? How many have ever thought you've been cheated? Huh? How many of you ever thought you've been cheated? I know I've never been cheated with looks. You know, I'm so... <laughs> How many of you ever thought you've been cheated? Them smart people got ten bags and I got one. <laughs> you know? I had to work for mine. <laughs> you know, them other people got it on a silver spoon and platter and stuff. Me, I've had to work. How many of you ever felt cheated? <laughs> yeah, here we are. We're the one-baggers here, you know? <laughs> Not true. But the one-baggers are the people who feel that they got the short end of the stick, the raw deal, the not-so-good idea. You know, we're always, we're always bringing up the bottom, you know. Somebody's got to clean up the leftovers, you know. So we look at this and we think of it as we've been cheated. <laughs> Guess what? Everyone has a gift. And when we use that gift, it multiplies. So when God is telling us here that he wants us, that what is the, the, the scripture? We'll go back to the text here. That the one, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ that we will understand and experience the good things we have in Christ. You see, we've been given more than just a bag. And did you see, I, I, I never noticed it, but you see how this guy is berating the king? You know, how he got cheated? He says, he says, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. God, I knew you played favorites, and I wasn't it. <laughs> and harvesting crops you didn't plant. He's a thief. He's telling his master that he's a thief. And he, the guy gave him, a, he gave him an opportunity, and he said, I'm, you know, I don't have an opportunity. This is garbage. What's one gift? What's one bag of silver? And so he's complaining about God. He's complaining about that how that this person is harsh and that God cheated him and God steals crops, that, and he was afraid that he would lose his money. I would have used the talent I had, but you know what? People don't appreciate it. <laughs> Hello? So, as we read this, we're supposed to then, we're supposed to understand that 
no matter what we've been given, it will multiply. So if we think we've gotten one bag, when reality, we've gotten two <laughs> or five. Because if we realize that we have a gift, we realize that our giftings are for a purpose. And in Luke chapter 2, verse, verse, excuse me, Luke 21, it says, And one day people were standing around talking about the temple, re remarking how beautiful it was, the splendor of its stonework and memorial gifts. And Jesus said, All this you're admiring as uh, admiring so much, the time is coming when every stone in that building will end up a heap of rubble. Now, <laughs> whenever we think we've gotten cheated, we generally think in the, in the context of what we don't have and what other people do have. And Jesus is telling the people here that they're admiring something that is of great splendor. This, this is what we built for God. God is really happy with us. Look at this. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, that means nothing. Because there's a day coming and there won't be one stone left on top of that, on top of each other. So don't get caught up looking at things to judge value. Hmm. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So as we, what, we're, what we're challenged to do here is, what are the good things in our life? What are the good things, what are the good gifts that God has already given to us? If we can't recognize the good gifts that God's already given to us, how are we going to recognize the other gifts that God wants to give into our life? Because if we can't value what we have, more isn't going to make a difference. So we look at this in, in, in the uh, message or the living translation says, so don't be mis, uh, misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. <laughs> he doesn't change. The God who put the stars in space and they pull them out there and knows them all by name. It's the same God who has blessed us with gifts that come down into our life from heaven. From heaven. You know, I, I, I said this last week, but uh, I, I text Jan a little week ago, and I said, the furnace that we have is not from hell because it keeps going out. <laughs> okay? Well, it went out again. <laughs> Yesterday, that's why I don't know, it's not working, whatever. So it's not from hell. But this is a gift from heaven. <laughs> I have no idea what good is for, <laughs> and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, that it's, going, it's, it's days are numbered, okay? So, but when we look at what are the gifts from heaven, what are they? What are the things that we need to look for that are gifts to us? See, what is the most, you know, I, in um, one of the classes I used to teach uh, for hospice, and, and, I would, and one of the things I would say is, if you were, if your whole life were taken down to a nightstand, what would you have on it? If your whole life is focused on a nightstand beside your bed, what would be on it? You see, those are the things that are important in life. All the stuff that's built, 
one day it's going to be gone. Not one stone left upon another. So don't get caught up in building empires. Get caught up in building the, kingdoms of God, the kingdom of God and allowing the gifts that he has given us to be used in a way that will continue his kingdom to be built. And we say, well, I don't have that much. Are you a bagger? <laughs> Are you a one-bagger? Not appreciating what you have because I don't have that much. How many times have we ever said that one? You see, other people got better gifts. I didn't get them because they got two, you know. How about kids? You ever buy one kid, a grandson, child, one gift, and you didn't buy another one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. what the, what's the first thing they say? You love them more than me. <laughs> and what do we do whenever we're talking to God about the one gift that we got? You love them more than you do me. You know, I remember the one person told us that said, well, God answers your prayers because you're a preacher. You don't answer mine. <laughs> yeah, I soon straightened him out. I didn't straighten them out. They, the good thing is, <laughs> they're still in church and serving the Lord. <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> um, you, you want to talk about foolish? There was this, there was this um, couple that they called me, wanted me to come over to see them. They were having difficulties. So when I got there, he had a shotgun, and she was in the, sitting at the table, and they wanted me to come in and help them. Hello! I don't do shotgun counseling here. But they're in the church too. So not in this church, but they're in church and serving God. So, but we look at these things and we look at how that God is taking the gifts that we have and, you know, seeing the giftedness that we have, whether it's in writing or whether it's in speaking or whether it's in smiling, whether it's in serving, whether it's in, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's just that we take the, take the gift that we have and allow God to multiply it. Now, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 7 and 9, uh, 7 through 9. Just think, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. <laughs> Who's he talking to? <laughs> He's talking to the one-bagger. <laughs> He's talking to the two-bagger. He's talking to the five-bagger. You see, God... All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finality, for the final finale. There we go. That we're waiting Jesus to arrive for the finale. So what do we got? We got his gifts. They're right in front of us. That's why our future is always in front. And every day his mercies are renewed and so we're picking up the gifts of God every day and the blessings of God in our life and in this whole process we're, we sometimes pick up things that we don't like and guess what? God can turn it around and make it good because it, it's not seen from a natural perspective, it's seen from a, an internal perspective that God is working with me, walking with me. In the, um, so as we look at how that... that um, dead body, the fallen nature, the old nature is gone, it's decaying, and it's, 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 it's it, you know, the more it stinks and the more it decays, the ca more capable it is of contaminating the good stuff. <laughs> 
And so in our life, when God is telling us to, to let go of the can't do and let go of the guilt and the condemnation and the, you know, that we're not good enough and we just got one bag and God cheated us and we got this, let that guy die and bury him. <laughs> you know, let it go. Stop thinking about it. Renewing your heart and mind. Renewing your experience. What's the, what's the scripture text say? I have to keep pulling it up here. I got the wrong one. What's the scripture text say? Oh, I had it here. Five bags, three bags, five pages, four pages. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. You see, we are understanding and experiencing all the good things that God that we have in Christ, and what we're looking at is the daily life you're understanding and experiencing. I'm experiencing things that are tough, right? God will never leave us. I'm experiencing things that are <laughs> what I don't like. Don't worry. You, you know, God is going to turn it out to the good. I don't have enough strength to get through this, but God in me gives me the strength. How about let's change the way this is going? God, give me wisdom and understanding to change the direction. You see, every day our future is in front of us, and we can't let that condemnation and guilt and so on affect the direction of our life. I said a few weeks ago, our past is never the rudder for our ship. The rudder on a ship does the steering. Our past is not what steers our ship. Our dreams, our desires, and God's blessing for our life and the future is where we're going. And if we're going to make that port, we're going to make that place in God, we got to let go of the past and not allow the past to steer our life for the future. Doesn't matter how much we fail. Doesn't matter, you know, like the one guy said, our family put funk in dysfunctional, you know. <laughs> you know? So it doesn't matter if we're whatever we came from. It doesn't matter. We need to renew our minds. We need to change our direction. We need to go forward with God because God has given us everything we need to make the next step. God has given us everything we need to take the next step. And so he's looking for us to use and invest whatever talent we have. I only got a bag. Well, then use it. You know, all I got is my phone. Then use it. All I got is a smile then use it. Well, all I got is, then use it. <laughs> all God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our Master Jesus to arrive on the scene for the finale. For the fina- I can't say that word. Finale. Finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside. Hmm. Not only has God put the gifts in front of us that is leading us into the future, God is right alongside to keep you, in, keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. Hello. God is there helping us be steady. What's that mean? I'm unsteady, I'm wavering, whatever. Don't waver. Be steady. God is with you. You know, it's nothing to get, 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 out, get off track from. That God is with you and God will help you pick up. Because you see, he will never give up on you. He will never forget and never forget that. 
God will never give up on you. God can never, can never, he can never do this. He can never give up on you. See, that's, that's the, the point. He won't let you go. You're at the end of your rope. So, God's there. <laughs> the, the guy was uh, the rock climber, and uh, he, f- he slid, he was climbing at night, and he slid and fell, and he caught himself, and he's hanging there. He's praying, God, help me, God, help me. And, you know, he hears the voice, hello, this is God. <laughs> and, and he says, God, throw me a rope. And he says, no, I don't need a rope. And he says, just let go. There's just another six inches to, to the ledge. <laughs> okay? And the guy says, God, throw me a rope. He says, no, it's just six inches to the ledge. Let go. And then the guy says, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> you know? Anybody else up there? <laughs> and that's kind of how we live our life. Anybody else up there could do good for me? So, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 to 13. The Spirit... Not, <laughs> the Spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, get, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to flit. He doesn't flit around on our daily life, you know, this and that. He dives into our heart and what's the purpose of where we're doing and what we're doing. And he, and, and see, and he dives into the depths of God. And there's the Spirit of God that reveals God and that Spirit touches our spirit. He dives into our hearts and he plants plants. He plants the seed of his word. Planting has the expectation of harvest. He doesn't bury the gifts. He plants them. Planting in the springtime in a short time, we're going to be planting seeds. What's going to happen? Garden's going to grow. Things are going to grow up because the seeds have been planted. The seed of God's word is planted in our life and daily experiences are there for us to allow them to grow. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he is giving us. God has given us a full report in the scriptures. He's giving us a full report on everything he's given to us. Everything that he wants to bestow upon us, you look through the promises, you look through the giftings, you look through what God has given to us as uh, the gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit and how that his word is planted in our hearts and lives and regenerates and how that it you know, leads us into the future. We see that God is at work in our life. Get that dead guy off your back. <laughs> Get that fallen nature off your back and do not, do not allow condemnation and guilt not good enough to be thrown out of your life, cut loose, go forward, because the future's in front of us. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the unspiritual self, just as by its nature, can't receive the gifts of God's Spirit. The unspiritual gift just can't do it. It's like, I'm going to do this, and it doesn't get done. Because it isn't a matter of your will, it's a matter of surrender to God's spirit and allowing his strength to become our strength. There's no capacity in our fallen nature to understand what God is doing. This guy who is dead on your back doesn't understand what God wants to do. That's why it's constantly trying to interfere with what God is doing by loving, forgiving, letting go, surrender, looking, looking for how that God is going to bless, be willing to receive, be willing to give. 
Spirit can be known only by spirit, God's spirit and our spirit in open communion. God wants to bring this all together. <laughs> and then 1 Corinthians 4. Um, and even, uh, isn't everything you have and everything you are a sheer gift from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? We're not in competition with the guy who got five bags. We're only in, if, the, if there is a competition, there is a competition that I would use the one talent that I have in such a way that it will develop into two. I am not comparing or competing with the guy with five. Or I'm not seeing, if I've got five, I'm not better than the guy with one. I'm just using what I have to the glory of God. And God will, God will multiply it, he will use it, because God is not a bad guy. <laughs> he, isn't, he isn't cheating us. He isn't giving us the short end of the stick. <laughs> He's blessed us with everything spiritual and all spiritual blessing. We've got to let go of that part of our mind and nature that keeps saying, not good enough, guilty, you failed, never fa you'll never make it again. I counseled this one guy years ago. And... Uh, he, he, he was the most negative person I ever met. Honestly, the most negative person I've ever met. And, and he had a right to be. He had a really, really terrible life. And um, he's telling me about all the bad things and how it's always bad and it's never bad. I said, did you ever, did you ever feel good about something? He says, well, I did one time. And then it, it, then it didn't turn out right, and it was, it was a disaster afterwards, so I decided I never wanted to feel good again. True story. Because he was afraid of failing and getting above where he was at, he never wanted to get off of the ground, because then he couldn't fall. But you see, our life is not about never falling. Our life is about walking with God. And as we walk with God, sure, we're going to trip up. But that's not, God doesn't hold that against us. His love and his grace and his mercy are leading us into the future. Our future's in front of us. Our past is forgiven. Get the guilty guy off your back. <laughs> okay? Bury that guy, that person, and keep going forward. Guilt and condemnation are not part of God's plan. Forgiveness, love, restoration, blessing, giftings, that's all in front of us. And we continue to, what do we continue to do? We continue to experience, we continue to grow. And what is it? I, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience. Understand and experience. Our faith isn't beyond our understanding. Our experiences are not beyond our faith. And all the good things that we have in Christ, they just continue to be unveiled and revealed to us as we walk with him. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Thank you, Father, that you help us. The Holy Spirit comes to us and touches our hearts and minds that we might see your generosity into our lives. You've given us something. 
You've given us many things. So, Lord, we pray that our hearts would be open, our minds and our eyes may see them, that we may understand and experience all these good things that we have that are in you. So bless this day, bless our lives, that we might be blessings. Help us to grow and to let go of the things that hold us back and trip us up. Help us, O oh God, to see you more clearly, to understand your workings more deeply. And God, we will continue to give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Amen. <laughs>